Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining us tonight on Episode 28, Season 3 of The Standoff with Brad and Richie here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every uh, Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Evening, Richie. Uh, well, the Warriors fumbled their chance to end the season with a win, but we had some good matches to end the regular season. Um, what did you think of the round and how was your weekend? My weekend was good, Brad. Thanks for the reminder of the Warriors game, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah, there were some really good games with with ramifications on top eight spots. So it was, it was a good round of footy and, and some really good games. How was your weekend? Yeah, apart from sitting in the rain and watching the Warriors capitulate, it wasn't too bad. Um, <laughs> some, yeah, just some good games, which I'm always into. So, yeah, yeah happy to talk about them. Yeah. Um, so we may as well move on. Paul is not with us tonight, so the inmates are running the asylum again. So I'll, I'll try to keep an eye on all the comments and everything that are coming through, and um, hopefully we can keep them all and keep the ship going. But while we're here live on Wednesday evenings, 8 p.m., you can also catch our show at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was rugby league, including our top stories of the week, a review of round 25 and our picks, and announcing our winner of the regular season tips. Uh, We'll then answer some questions from you guys, as well as some we've got for each other, before previewing finals week one, making our tips for our finals competition. Uh, before ending the night with a recap of the Super League. So remember to send us comments and questions throughout the show. And <laughs> Jacko says the ship is struggling. We're, yeah, we're like the Warriors <laughs> right now. Um, we might be good for the first half or first hour and yeah. fall off. But um, we might as well just jump straight into the top stories of the week. Richie? Yep, let's um, go. First one I had is kind of just overarching for everyone, but Telstra is going to continue to be the NRL's Name right sponsor until at least 2027. This sees the partnership extend to 26 years. Um, we're kind of away from it here being in New Zealand, but any thoughts on Telstra staying as a, as the name rights? Does that just mean the Warriors won't win the premiership um, until at least 2028? 
Don't say that, Fred. Yeah, I'm I'm all good with it. Doesn't doesn't really matter. It's just a name. Telstra NRL Premiership rolls off the tongue kind of nice. Um, yeah, hopefully the uh, Telstra versus Vodafone thing doesn't doesn't see us get too many bad calls. Fingers crossed. Um, okay. So yeah, good good to see um, them continue the the name and rights. But we'll move on. Um, go to the Warriors. They've announced that they're going to take, we talked about it last week, that nine games at Mount Smart next year, but they've announced after our show that they're going to take two home matches um, around New Zealand, one to Wellington and one to Napier. What's your thoughts on that? I'm sure you're happy that there's going to be a game in your neck of the woods. Um, and Napier's not really that far from you either, really. It's just a car ride. Napier's not not far enough to keep me from going, mate. That's only a couple hours in the car or I'll happily do that if if your game it's almost like meeting in the middle yeah I'm already uh trying to to work out where where my money's going to come from it's going to be expensive year I'm sure for me um in 2023 um with probably a few I still think there'll be a few games that other clubs will bring to New Zealand as well so yeah. um yeah I, I'm not going to guarantee anything on this recording but I'm sure I'm going to pop up um, to as many of them as I can. I uh, see Simon's here tonight too. Evening, Simon. Um, and he says, yeah, Telstra is actually a big sponsor with a lot of sports in Australia. So, yeah, yeah they're they're big in there. So um, looking forward to, yeah, more games in New Zealand. And, um, yeah, Simon said Napier is not a bad idea. Um, I, to be honest, have, I've been to Napier once, but I've never gone for sport. So um, mm. nice part of the world experience um i might have to give give dad a call and um swap cars because i don't know if my car will handle the the driving but we'll see um but yeah it should be good it's it's probably makes it a bit more positive than the doom and gloom we had last week with only nine games at mount smart and what was going to happen we kind of had a feeling there were going to be other games around the place yeah um Jacko says he hopes that I'm right that a few other clubs will bring a game, but he doubts it will happen. Yeah, it's. I'm just trying to be positive. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure. I I kind of thought the only guaranteed game um, would be the Bulldogs with um, Phil Gould basically coming out saying every team should bring their their game to New Zealand. So he's kind of put his foot on the um, foot on it there and has to do it. But you know he's getting a bit old. He probably forgot that he said that. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, we've got some time before the draws announced, so we'll, we'll know for sure by then. But at the moment, we just get to have fun speculating. Um, but we'll go into a bit more of a controversial topic. I know we talked about it briefly last night with Ruin Hammer. Um, shout out to them. Um, but Panther Taylor May um, has been found guilty of assault for an incident in October last year. The NRL's um gone very tough on him and they have handed out a breach notice which includes a two-match ban and a seven and a half thousand dollar fine however the ban's going to start next season so he can be available for the finals uh what's your take on this richie um getting getting punished for something you did last year but getting to receive that punishment next year i don't know what to feel about it brad it's I understand the the stance of wanting to have players in in the big teams playing in the finals in finals time, but punishment's punishment, I guess. Um, 
it's it's not so much that that I'm, you know, it's more the length of the the length of the band. So something like assault, you can get a couple of weeks, versus some words that people say can get you four weeks, like we saw with our team this year. So I don't know what seems worse to you, but I know what I think is worse. Yeah, well, like I. I've seen the footage of what happened and like he went up behind some guy and like ragdolled him down when the guy was talking to Nathan Cleary. I, I'm not entirely sure what he was saying to Cleary, but it looked like something that didn't really need to happen. Um, yeah. And yeah, like Jacko said, um, it was a member of the public, yeah, which I feel kind of takes across the line. Like oh, if, if it was a bit different where there was a, like a guy coming up to Taylor May and pushing and shoving and he pushed back mm. type thing, but like he blindsided the guy, the guy didn't even see him coming. And he, even if he was saying something um, derogatory towards Cleary from the way Cleary was reacting, it didn't look like there was anything that much going on. Um, so I don't, I don't know, but yeah, I, th- I feel like it just shows that, um, if you're a top side, you kind of get preferential treatment. 100%. Um, if you even go by the, I'm no one's really talked about it. So I might be looking at it from the wrong angle, but I thought when you had things like this going to court, the rule was you were like banned until the decision had been made. Cause I know there's been a lot of complaints about guys that went to court and then were proven innocent and they had missed mm. all that time of footy because of the rule. But this happened in October last year. So in theory, he shouldn't have been playing any games this year until it had been done. However, right or wrong that decision is, but I don't understand why he's been okay to play. It upsets me a little because I put him in my fantasy team and then this news broke and I traded him out because I thought he wouldn't be playing. <laughs> um and then yeah he's not so i don't know it's it seems weird and it's going to be interesting the next time something happens i think what simon just said there in the comments nrl keep changing their rules to suit them half half the time i agree with that completely Uh, the consistency's never been there and that's that's the problem yeah and i don't think it's going to get better um it's just i guess going to give an argument to a lesser team if something happens um, if they can do it, like say the Raiders, I'll call them a lesser team. Sorry, Simon, in terms of finals this year, you know, they're the eighth team. If they, if Jack Whiten had done the same thing, would Whiten get a two week ban and get it next year? Or would he be missing that game? Uh, a pivotal game for them as well. I, I would tend to think that his ban would start immediately. Um. So, yeah, well, I'm sure this story is going to develop more or the NRL are going to continue to try to just bury the lead and move on. So Mm. um, if there's any more developments, we'll talk about it next week, I'm sure. But we'll move on. Um, Craig Bellamy has confirmed that he's going to retire from head coaching duties at the end of 2023. Do you think that we'll see the Storm kind of fall? They're they're kind of falling now, as harsh as that sounds. But... um, do you expect to see an exodus of players? I suppose probably the right way to frame it, and that they'll basically have to start from scratch. I think there is a pretty good chance of that. I mean, we're looking at a guy who's been at the helm there for a long tenure now, and a long, very successful tenure, and 
a lot of good that happens at that club, I believe, centres around Bellamy. I mean, look at the development of players, um, the culture. Um, there's no denying he's done a fantastic job and taking him away from that is going to, whether they like it or not, is going to have some kind of effect on um, the way that club is run and the culture. So, like you say, I mean, they've had a tough run of injuries this year, which has seen some up and down um, on-field performance. So, yeah, maybe we might see, you know, a bit of a rebuild stage from Melbourne finally. It feels like they've never had to rebuild. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And I know they, they were still talking about him being a mentor. Um, I'm not even sure um, who their head coach would be. Like we, I, I feel like Stephen Kearney's not going to get that gig. Um, we'll, we'll have we'll we'll have some time to discuss it, obviously. But I'm sure if next year is 100, percent he said it's going to be um, his last year. I'm sure they're going to start the process now. Of this is going to be the guy that takes my place, and we're going to feed him through. Um, I can't remember his name. There's a guy on the top of my tip of my tongue. I. Um, I'm not going to remember. Um, it will come to me out of nowhere later on in the show and I'll scream it. But um, I feel like he could be the guy. I think he's an assistant at the Roosters now. I'm not sure. Um, yeah, I can't. I'll figure it out and we'll talk about it when I remember finally. But um, next bit of news, Kalen Ponga. Um, it doesn't feel like a show unless we talk about him at some point. So he's announced that he's withdrawing from World Cup selection. Um, an interesting statement since I don't think he would have been picked anyway um, due to his injuries and other fullbacks that can take that spot for Australia. Uh, well, what's your what's your t- thought on that? Do you think Kalen Ponga would have been in the World Cup or would they have just left him out? I think if you take injuries away, you take the, the bad concussions away this year, I think he would have been selected in the squad somewhere. Yeah. Um, obviously, Vic very good fullback, but versatile as well, can cover the bench and, and the halves. Um, but, yeah, I almost wasn't expecting him to be available anyway just because of him missing the end of the season and having a, a couple of bad concussions at the back end of this year. So it wasn't yeah. really a surprise to me. I can just see him up against the Kiwis or Tonga and getting concussed again. And then, yeah, yeah I don't think that's going to do him any good so I think the right decision is not to go to the World Cup because he needs to get better. And the Knights, will, I'm sure, were definitely hoping that he wasn't going to get um, the decision or make the decision to want to play in the World Cup because mm. it's clear to see that they really need him at their best if they're even going to be competitive. So yeah, um, I think the right decision is made. I, I just don't think it was going to be a, a starter anyway. So. Um, continuing the talks of players wanting to play on, Sean Johnson said in an interview um, that he would like to continue to play past his current seal. What's your take there, Richie? Would you like to see SJ go around again in 2024? Yeah, I mean, the old school, the old school SJ fan in me from his early days would say yes. Um, a lot's going to depend on what we see from him next year. Um, I'm, I'm hoping, and as a Warriors fan, you're always hopeful that a new coach, uh, maybe a new culture, some new signings come in and will spark something in him. We, we've seen it in bits and pieces this year, but 
only really fleeting glimpses. It's not the consistency you'd hope. So um, yeah, that's that's the key to it, mate. I'd, me being a, I'm a fan of SJ. I have been since his early days, and I want to see him go out on a good note. But you know, I'm also realist, and I've seen too many lean years now that if he starts thinking the joints out next year, we've got able replacements. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not going to leave the door shut on it. Um, play it by ear, see how he goes next year, see mm. how Tamara Martin, Metcalf, Fogman, how they mm. are all going, and then you you approach it. Um, I think he'd be comfortable being back in New Zealand, so I feel like yeah. even a cheeky low-ball offer, if you're like, yeah, we'll give you another year um, at this much. If he really wants to keep playing, he'll take it. He won't go back and move to another club in Australia. So no. Play it by ear. Um, I know it was a kind of a cheeky question a whole year out to ask, but I thought I may as well since he asked the question. And um, we had the Dragons. We'll move on. Um, my favourite club. They um, have banned their players from having a mad Monday this year. Uh, what's what's your take on that? <laughs> uh, did they give a reason why? Um, well, I think they're still having um, horror flashbacks of the barbecue. <laughs> and um, cost, cost them a playoff spot last year. Um, Fair enough. It seems a bit, um, I don't know, mate. It's a long season to go through with in, in the trenches with your mates. And it seems a bit strange to me. You won't let the boys um, unwind a bit at the end of the long season. I mean, you're going to get through that Mad Monday and then be good for preseason again, aren't you? I don't. I don't see the harm in it, but as long as as long as nobody gets their nose dirty and gets into trouble, uh, yeah, I, I think it's just almost guaranteed that the dragons will get in trouble. So that's probably <laughs> why it's just yeah. I, I I I guess they're just trying to put out fires before they um before they start. So yeah, maybe and, yeah, and no one really wants to party with the dragons anyway. So. But yeah, Simon's not happy. He said, "How dare they violate the great tradition of Mad Monday?" Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I also saw they said that they're not giving permission to the team doing anything on their own. Like the players, if they're like, "Well, bugger it, we're going to do something together," they've kind of like forebode any get-togethers. So, yeah, I don't I'm know. I'm not it, a fan, mate. You know it, me. I like I like a good shindig. I'm not, yeah. a, not, a, not a fan of that stance. But, yeah, we'll <laughs> see what happens. I'm guaranteed if they're going to break COVID protocols to have a party, they're going to not listen to the the uh, the top brass at the Dragons and have a party anyway. So yeah. um, look forward to that story next week about how they were all caught partying. Um, but we'll keep going because there was quite a bit of news. Um, Rumours are swirling that Des Hasler may have, ta- may have an early exit at the Sea Eagles. And that Tommy and Jake Javoyevich are reportedly uneasy at the club and may look elsewhere. Um, all wild rumours right now, obviously, but where there's smoke, there's generally fire. What's your take on Dez potentially leaving and the Javoyevich brothers looking to jump off the ship as well, potentially? It's all wild speculation right now. but um, Well... Up until before Rainbow Jersey Gate, I wouldn't have, in my wildest dreams, thought Dez's job was in trouble. Um, 
I thought they were probably looking pretty good. Last year they looked very good. Um, yeah. They fooled us all, Richie. They fooled us all. Absolutely they have. I mean, it just seems that ever since Rainbow Jersey Gate, um, that club's gone south. I don't know what's happened, but, um, yeah. Also, you take Tommy and Jake out of that that club, hypothetically speaking, um, that removes a lot of the heart and soul of that team, and I think it'll be a big rebuild. So, Yeah, from what I understand, apparently the club – wants to keep Diaz, but basically all the rest of the coaching staff that Diaz has got, they want gone. And um, we'll just see what happens. It sounds like he's not too keen on losing his team that he's got around him. And, yeah, I think if Diaz goes, you'll see a lot of those names go. It's not like they're they're losing a lot of players already um, anyway. So it is kind of a rebuild already. Um, I just don't see any coaches out there – they yeah. can walk straight in and turn the club around. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's going to be – it's at least going to be something to keep us talking about um, league when there's only limited games to review. So, How about how about that from Simon there? Get rid of Manly and bring back the North Sydney Bears. Yeah, that'll never happen. It'll never <laughs> happen. Um, I know everyone hates Manly, but – I, I've grown an affection for them for some reason. So I'd like to see them go back to improving. So it would be good for me. Um, but from one coach struggling, we'll go to another. Apparently Kevin Walters is back in the firing line and fighting for his job after the Broncos fall from form. Um, I feel like we talk about this every couple of months, um, that that Walters is on the way out and then the Broncos had a, a nice bit of, a bit of form. And he's safe, and then it falls apart again. Um, do you see the Broncos getting rid of him? It just just proves how much a head coach job is results driven, eh? Yeah. Again, you take it back six weeks, and they're sitting around the top four. Everyone was hailing Kevin Walters for bringing yeah. back the spirit of the the Broncos, bringing them back from the foot of the table, uh, putting them back where they were meant to be. Um, now they they lose a few games and miss out on the eight narrowly and he's fighting for his job. So I don't know what to believe, mate. Also, I don't know if that's uh, I don't know if that's the right way to look at it if, for the Broncos. I mean, they've come from a last place finish and a few bottom four finishes the last few years um, to to end up finishing ninth and just missing the finals. That's a big improvement. It just it's looks on what they've been, yeah, massively. So it just looks bad because they really should have made finals, but they they choked it at the final hurdle in the last few weeks. So um, if you look at it the other way, it's a massive improvement for them from where they've been. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't see him losing his job at the moment. If the Broncos, the way they've been playing the last couple of weeks continues into next season i think yeah. there'll be conversations to be had yeah. but um yeah i think like, like you said they went from wooden spoon and being bottom of the barrel to going to ninth that's you know it's not what the cowboys and the sharks have done but mm. it's it's a step in the right direction so there's something there but yeah it just seemed we'll talk about it when we get into the game it just seems that there is something missing at that club right now and i'm sure that's something they'll figure out in the off season and fix um, 
But going, we'll continue with the bad news. Um, NRL games will no longer be played at Leichhardt Oval due to a lack of upgrades to the facilities. Um, the Tigers got to send out that legendary stadium the only way they know how against the Raiders. <laughs> um, but what's your take on that? I it's it's such a you know iconic very iconic yeah. stadium but you can kind of see if it's kind of falling apart and they're not going to invest the money into upgrading and fixing it um they're going to move away from having games there we saw what how many weeks ago was it where one of the stands yeah. broke and all the all the spectators fell out um you don't want that happening in an NRL game so I understand, but I'm sure people that have more of an attachment to that ground than I do um, will be very upset that it's not going to be there anymore. Um, but what's your take on it? Yeah, they, it is iconic, and, and there's something cool about the, the suburban grounds in Sydney for, for some of these teams. Um, Looks as though it's not in a very good state, though, so you can understand from that point of view. Um, yeah. Maybe it's a sign for the Tigers to just give up the ghost as a club in general. Yeah. That's that's yeah. horrible to say. Come on. Keep it. Um, we, we can keep it at 16 and, and even numbers. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to get into that <laughs> argument because our team's not far from them. No, we're not. So, <laughs> Um, next bit of news, we did already talk about this weeks ago, but it's officially been announced. Um, Christian Wolf's officially signed as assistant coach for the Dolphins with the plan for him to move into Wayne Bennett's top job in a couple of years, a la the West Tigers' um, plan of success. Uh, so, yeah, well done on Christian Wolf. I really wanted him to be coming to the Warriors, as I've said on this show many a times. Um but I feel like, yeah, the Dolphins definitely looks like a more exciting prospect for a, a young up-and-coming coach wanting – can't really call him young, can we? But um, a new coach to the NRL, um, head coaching stocks. Um, there's just more to, to work with there than coming into a, a rusty old ship like the Warriors. So congratulations for Wolf, and um, hopefully he does well there for them. And yeah. – um, Last bit of news before I get into the Warriors end of year awards. Um, Joe, Joseph Suwali's, um mentor, I'll call him mentor because I can't really find a lot of relationship recently with these two um, that's in the media, but um, his name's Steve Nateski. If, sorry if I pronounce your name wrong, Steve. I know you watch. Um, he stated that the Roosters will need to get rid of James Tedesco in order to re-sign um joseph what do you think richie i i know australian rugby unions throwing big money his way but i don't even think the roosters would consider letting tedesco go for anyone no and and why would you he's why would you? he's the new south wales captain he's a shoo-in for the kangaroos team one of the best players on the planet so big claims there i know you Young Joseph has massive wraps on him, and I just think he's a very young man. So, you know, he can bide his time. Um, there's no no reason to be throwing out that kind of talk just yet. He's still a teenager. Um, yeah, obviously he's going to be something massive, and 
the way we've seen him perform this year, um, you know he's going to be something massive. And people like Australian Rugby Union are going to throw around massive dollars. So that, yeah. at the end of the day, we always say money talks. So Yeah, I, I think Jacko said um, that Phil Gould said he'll go to Union in time. I think, yeah, I think he's more likely to go to Union than Tedesco leaving the Roosters. So, um, and he'll get bored in Union, like Jacko said as well. But you go get offered bajillions of dollars, you go play Union for a couple of years, then you come back mm. to league. He may not he, get and, bored. He may not get bored in Union. You know, it has its upsides. It. Yeah, it has its upsides. They do travel the world. Um, they they go a lot more places than you do in league, but. Even though yeah. the product isn't superior in rugby I know union, someone I think Valandis was the one who said it. It was one of the, it was a the bad a bad take, but he said like he basically said he'd get bored in union as well, going like he wouldn't get the ball as much and that. And I was like, so you're basically saying he's going to do less work for more money and get to travel the world? It sounds like such a horrible <laughs> thing. Yeah. Um, but at his age, to be honest, he could go for three or four years, play union, and then come back and still be a young NRL player. So yeah, still not even in his prime. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. But yeah, I just wanted to make it clear that there's been no confirmation from Suwali or anyone that this mentor is actually involved in his day to day life anymore. It could have been a guy, you know, I was his coach when he was in high school, you know. And this is what's going to happen. We just don't know. Um, and it also could just be brought up just due to the fact that it's finals and you want to, you know, get people talking. I don't know. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's. I'm sure it's going to be a, a heavily talked about topic on this show for the foreseeable future until a decision's been made on what he's going to do in the next step of his career. So we'll keep our ears to the ground and um, hear what we hear and let you guys know when we know. But we'll move on to my last bit of the, the news stories. The Warriors had their end-of-year awards on the pitch after their match last weekend. Um, it was kind of good. It was to like try to get the fans involved, but it was also due to the fact that half the team were basically leaving New Zealand the next day. So it was really the only time you could do it. Um, interesting winners on some of them. Um, first up, we had Reese Walsh won the Vodafone People's Choice Award. To be honest, I'm a Vodafone phone user and i didn't see anything asking me to vote for a, a, a people's choice award so i don't know but would well you have voted for, would you have voted for watch no but um <laughs> people's choice it's kind of like your favorite player so we know who my favorite player is so i would have gone for ben murdoch masilla because i'm <laughs> extremely biased um Viliami valia won rookie of the year which i agree with that i was trying to think of other rookies that really did as much as he did this year and i think he was really the only one that could yeah. say they ended the year positively so won that um bunty and ben murdoch masilla won clubman of the year together so um well done for that um tohu harris won the nrl players player of the year which is the award that the actual warriors players picked their player of the year and then yohan aiken won simon mannering medal for player of the year what's your take on that i had a look um, for those of you that don't know, I when I, I write my um, – on Simon says he's a Vodafone TV customer and broadband, and he didn't get a vote for it either. So I don't know where it came from. It might just be 
maybe the company Vodafone picked a player. Um, but I write my reviews of every Warriors game and I pick a 3-2-1, kind of like the the Dally M's um, in my own. I only started it this year, but I had a look and it's very stacked. It's not the top three players for this year I wouldn't be picking now. Um, Reese Walsh is still up there because he had a very strong start and kind of built up the points. But Ewan Aiken, he is on the list, but he's like my sixth or seventh. Um, and I don't know if that's just because he just stayed consistent and he didn't do anything more than I expected, so I didn't give him the points. But um, mm. I've seen a lot of people, like Jacko saying as well, mm. he doesn't know how Aiken won that award. Um, what's your take on it? I thought he played pretty well for the Warriors this year, but to be thought, the player of the year, I don't yeah. know. I thought he was solid. I don't think he was a lot more than solid. Um, definitely, if I were to think of someone winning player of the year, his name wouldn't have been the first one to jump to my head. To, to me, it's actually hard because the season we had, it's hard to think of someone that was outstanding every week. Um, yeah. Tohu might be one where he's, he's another one who's pretty consistent when he's there. Uh, he missed a chunk of the season too, so um, AFB has games where he's magnificent, and then he just has uh, seems to have brain fades, which which makes me go cold on him in, in terms of maybe picking a player of the year. So I, I don't even know, Brad. For for you, who who was it? Like who did your three two ones point at? All right, so I'm spoiling it for anyone that's interested in reading my season review that comes out in a couple of weeks. But my top, doing the 3-2-1, um, Tohu Harris ended at the top with 23 points. Mm. Reese Walsh was second on 20. Adam Fanua Blake was third on 17. And Josh Curran was fourth on 13. Ewan Aiken was fifth on nine. Yeah. Um, so he was in my top five. Um, but, yeah, and like I said, a lot of that was early, early season. Like I look, um, Reese Walsh was heavily involved in like the first five, six rounds, and then disappeared off the face of the earth. Mm. Um, yeah. yeah, the last, the last time Walsh was mentioned, he got one point from me in the game against the Rabbitohs where we lost forty-eight ten. And I think, yeah. I, th I think that's it, Brad. A lot of people had great periods in the season. But I don't think anyone was really great throughout the whole season. I think Curran yeah. had a real good purple patch, and then for whatever reason, he well, he had injuries. When he, he got started, injured, he came yeah. back slow. And then he started missing selection. Um, I think Wade Egan has made big strides this year. And again, he's had some really good patches. But um, yeah, it's yeah. It was very, very tough this year. Very tough to pick a, a solid standout for the whole year. Yeah, so I, I already know I'm going to get a lot of pushback for Reese Walsh being in my top three players of the year, but I can't change the system. It's how it was. And um, if you hit a, a bit of form and kind of do some good things for a couple of weeks, you're going to boost up. So yeah, that's one what thing, happened, yeah. One thing I will say is I don't know that anyone played well enough this year to be worthy of winning a medal with the name Simon Mannering on it because yeah. that's someone that played – 100% every week for the whole season. Yeah, and he was so upset he didn't even come to the old boys' day. So, yeah, um, yeah, 
that's all we had for the news there. Um, we're going to get, I know some teams have already announced their award winners as well, but I thought we'd hold back because there was quite a lot of news. So I'd hold back and I'd probably do a bit of that next week um, when we had a couple more. I know the Cowboys kind of did theirs. I think Tigers did theirs as well. But I'll go through and I'll find all the winners, compile them, and we'll talk about them next week. But we may as well jump into Injury Ward. It's only mm. two, really only one. Um, that counts for teams that are still playing. But um, Joey Manu strained his calf. They reckon he could only be sidelined for two to three weeks. Um, so he could potentially miss the finals, depending on how the Roosters go. Um, but he will be fine for the World Cup, which was the only concern I had when I saw that he got injured. Um, so, yeah, hopefully he bounces back from that quick because the Kiwis are going to really need him. Um, and I don't really care where the Roosters go in the finals. Um but and uh, the last bit, it doesn't really affect anyone, but it's Warriors adjacent. So I thought we'd better mention it. Tamara Martin um, played on for a little bit with a collapsed lung. Um, he was sent to hospital overnight. Um, he didn't require a chest strain or anything. So he, he's bounced back reasonably well and he's in good spirits. So it's good to see that nothing um, too major happened there. So um, your takes on Manu and Martin there, Richie, before we move on? My take on Manu is similar to what Jacko's just said. As yep. long as he's fresh for the Kiwis, nothing else really matters for me. Um, pretty brave from Tamari Martin to play him with a collapsed lung. Um, hope he recovers well because, yeah, that, that man's had a couple of pretty pretty out there health and injury, health problems and injuries in his short career so far. So we want him nice and fresh when he comes here next year. Yeah. And so we'll move on to Naughty Boy Corner. A uh, whole lot of fines, only one suspension. So um, Matt Croker from the Knights, he's got a two-match ban for um, grade three dangerous contact. Um, not in playoffs, so he, like May, will only have to start a suspension next year. Um, Corey Horsburgh got a $750 fine for a grade one high tackle. Zane Musgrove's got a $1,000 fine for a grade one dangerous contact. Jake Simpkin from the Tigers, $1,800 fine for grade one dangerous contact as well. Zach Lomax got three grand for a grade one crusher tackle. Um, Jermaine Hopgood got $1,000 for a grade one dangerous throw. And Harmi Silly from the Rabbitohs got $750 for a grade one dangerous throw. Um, another another week where Nelson got put on a report and didn't get a fine. So... Um, We'll, we'll get that going. So, um, yeah, all the injury boys, and we may as well get – I know we're going long here. Um, we'll jump into the the games. We'll start off with the NRLW, Richie. Um, another game week where I didn't get to watch as many. I'm going to be able to watch a lot more of them this week now that there's not eight games to cover as well. Mm. Um, but the Bronco, uh, the Roosters defeated the Dragons 34-6. to Broncos defeated the Titans 22-4. to and my beautiful Knights um, won again, 18 to 16 over the Eels. And um, leads us to the first kind of match of the season this week because we've got the um, sixth-place Titans playing the fifth-place Eels, the fourth-place Broncos playing the third-place Dragons, and then the last game of the round is the second-place Knights playing the first-place Roosters. Um, so you watch any of, the, um, any of the women's games? No, not this weekend, mate. Like I was telling you before we... Before we went on air, um, I was on call this weekend for work, so not a lot of time to catch any of the NRLW games, but um, looks like the Roosters were flexing their muscle. Um, 
they're looking good again. And yeah, your Knights, mate. Yeah. They, they, they keep performing well. So sets up some great matches this weekend, Knights versus Roosters. Um, yeah, it's first, second, third, third versus fourth, fifth versus sixth. So should be some more cracker games this weekend. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to those. But yeah, now I'll pass it off to you and um, let you talk about the the final round of the regular season, uh, which started on Thursday with the Eels and Storm. Yep, so Thursday night, the Eels 22 over the Storm 14. Three tries apiece. Dylan Brown, Will Penasini, Mike Osivo. Mike Osivo. um, The Storm, Harry Grant, Nick Meany, and David Nofoluma. Um, the Eels, what is it with them and these top teams, mate? They seem to well and truly have the wood on the storm, um, beating the Panthers a couple times. So how does that make you feel about them heading into the finals? Are they smoky? But what do you think of the game first and foremost? Yeah, I've got on here that the Eels just continue to take big scalps, um, albeit it was against a storm without Jerome Hughes. But um, you can't help who you're playing against. So um, I thought the Eels were the better side the majority of the night. You know, the the Storm kind of got in the back end of the game and made it look a bit a little bit better, scoring two mm. quick tries. Um, and yeah, Simon said the Storm really let him down. Um, I see. I'm just looking. I I think they let us all down. Oh, everyone but Richie. Richie uh, had faith in the Eels. Um, but, yeah, the Eels are a better side. Dylan Brown was great again, and Mitch Moses is slowly changing my opinion about him. Um, it's, t- it's taking him some time, but I thought he played really good too. Um, their, the halves night was made super easy by the fact that the Eels pack were just doing the hard yards up the yeah. front. Yeah. Um, they bullied the Storm pack all night, and um, Gutherson kept inserting himself into the game. Um, he was just making the Storm's night difficult. Um, they're building momentum. Um, I don't know if I'm ever going to be convinced entirely that um, they can go deep into the playoffs, um, but they very well could, if not all the way, if they keep playing like this. Um, they could be the first team in some time to beat the Panthers three times in a year, um, depending how they go this week. But, yeah, they, they're building at the right time, which has been their biggest problem in years past is that they built too early. Mm. Yeah, they kind of had that little down patch, and now they're they're on the up. So, it's, I'm never going to put my money on it. Yeah, but um, they definitely look like world beaters at the moment. Um, mm. We just have to see how that goes when they're up against the Panthers this week. But um, the Storm they just struggled without Hughes, um, which has been a common theme all year. Whenever he hasn't been there, they kind of looked a bit wayward. Um, that flourish at the end made the results seem close, but they just weren't good enough, as brutally honest as I can be. They made 11 errors. They were penalized eight times, and that's not going to help you get a win against anyone. And um, unless their respect for the ball and discipline improve, um, they won't go far in the finals. But I ne- it's like I'd never bet on the Eels. I never bet against the Storm either. Mm. Yeah, well, part of the reason I... I felt that the Eels might get up over the storm was mainly because Hughes was out. Um, But like you say, the Eels can only beat beat who's in front of them. And when you look at their stats, they made half the errors of the storm, only six errors to the storm's 12. Their completion rate was really great, 31 out of 36. So 
you know, even without Hughes there, the Storm is still a quality unit and, and the Eels were really accurate and and put them away. So that's a good scalp for them heading into the finals. I'm sure it'll be a confidence builder. Definitely. Next game was the Bulldogs getting up over the Sea Eagles in a nail biter, 21 to 20. Mm-hmm. It was four tries apiece. For the Bulldogs, Braden Burns, Zach Docker Clay, Aaron Shoup, and Kyle Flanagan. For Manly, Deli Cherry Evans, Christian Tuipulotu, Marty Tapao, and Hamole Alakowatu. Um, <clears throat> yeah, very close, Brad. And the young superstar 5'8, Matt Burton, came up clutch in this one. Yeah, so I've got on here, the first note I made was Seagulls finally showed some fight, but the Bulldogs refused to quit and snuck home with a win. That collapse that Manly had, though, however, kind of shows the trouble Manly's in right now. I feel like I'm going to talk about that in a couple of games as well. Um, But they've fallen off the side of a cliff, and um, as we spoke about it earlier, there's apparently going to be plenty of changes at the club in the offseason, and they need to make some changes if Manly want to get back into the finals picture. I'm not sure what those changes need to be, but something needs to change. They can't just rely on Tommy Turbo coming back in and fixing everything. Um, but yeah, they just made too many errors, and you can kind of you can see that they're just not on the same page. Even when they were scoring those tries, you know, it kind of seemed like they weren't really all working together. It's kind of like a few of them would do something and it would work and then they would kind of go off playing on their own script. Um, but the Bulldogs, they continue to improve. Um, the Bulldogs of old would have given up in this game when the going got tough, but the sides got heart. Braden Burns looked great. Burden's becoming more of a complete half every week. And um, I think they're going to be a dangerous side next season, which I think we've both said multiple times this year. Yeah. But um, And I've also gone here, they could potentially be one of the only teams that didn't make finals that can go into the offseason with optimism. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Yeah, I think that's fair. And I think out of all the games this weekend that were won with a field goal, uh, I preferred that one. Um, Yeah, yeah. and um, before we move on, Jack, I I forgot to mention that um, he said, did you see uh, Marty Tapao's video showing and not getting the ball multiple (laughs) times? Yeah, yeah. I did see, and that kind of just shows, like, I know he's on the way out, so you could basically say he's a disgruntled employee that's about to leave the business. Um, But, yeah, that just kind of shows you know, the inner turmoil that, like, they're having goes in, you know, props love to have the ball. So I can see his frustration if he's getting cut-out passes at him all the time. But, yeah, um, I feel like it, it's not the the right look to go to, like, um, the social medias and do that. You know, talk to the players, be a man about it, you know. 
and mm. um, go like i want the ball more uh, or call for it or do something but yeah going onto social media and you know it's almost like talking shit behind their back and especially especially if you're looking at landing a contract elsewhere it's not exactly selling yourself is it it doesn't scream team player no no um but yeah i you know i tried to stay away from that ball the best i could when these big players going to tackle you you know um <laughs> But yeah, it's yeah, like it's like Jacko said, it was hilarious. Yeah, it's just not a good look um, for Tapao. <clears throat> yeah, agree. Anyway, let's move on to the next Friday game. Uh, Roosters twenty six over the Rabbitohs sixteen. I tipped the Rabbitohs, so I, th- I think Brad um, Brad got me there. Uh, four tries to three to th- in Roosters' favour for the roof for the Roosters. Angus Crichton. James Tedesco, Sam Walker, and Egan Butcher for the Rabbitohs. Peter Mamazelos and Tane Milne with a double. Um, it was 20 to 6 at half time to the Roosters, Brad. So the Rabbitohs bite back a bit in the second half. But yeah, the Roosters looking good heading into finals, aren't they? Yeah, I've got on here my first note was there were a few key players out for both sides, but I thought it was a hell of a game. Um, Rabbitohs didn't play their best, but to still only lose by 10, I'm sure that, you know, that's not too bad. And I'm sure they're, they're rather going to want to win the rematch this week yeah. than win this one. Um, Latrell Mitchell was dangerous again. He set up a nice try. He did get simbined for um, silly reasons. But <laughs> um, I think the biggest thing for them was the loss of Cameron Murray in the first minute. Yeah. Um, that was a huge blow we, we've talked about how integral he is to this side and it kind of impacted the Rabbitohs both on attack and defense um Lachlan Elias had a, a rough night defensively and he can expect a lot more traffic coming his way this week I'm sure but the um yeah it wasn't too bad for what it was and it's a game you don't mind losing by 10 if you've got eyes on a bigger prize the following yeah week. my opinion you never want to lose games obviously but there's, you know, would you rather win this game and lose next week or lose this one and win next week? It's mm. the thing there. But the Roosters, they look clinical, which is something they've been doing for the past month and more. Um, as I said, they targeted um, Elias all night. They had Angus Crichton running over him constantly. Um, Sam Walker was thriving out there. Um, he had a great night at the kicking tee and scored a yep. pretty nice try on his own. Um, as I keep saying, the rematch this week's should be outstanding um and it's fair to say whichever side wins this one could be a favorite to go to the grand final if not go all the way um it's tough that one of these teams is going to be out at the, this weekend because i think both of them had potential to go deep but mm. that that's elimination football for you only problem coming out of this one i see for the roosters is Joey Manu having to spend a couple of weeks on the sideline. Terrible yeah. timing for that to happen. Um, superstar player, one of the Roosters' best. Um, you think they can overcome it um, and still manage to notch, notch wins this weekend and beyond? I Potentially, I, I've picked them. <laughs> so, spoilers for ahead, <laughs> I've picked the Roosters. Um, I think they'll get the job done um, without, you know, Manu's a big loss, but I think it's that that clinical aspect and the Rabbitohs, my biggest thing this year with them has been the error rate. So if they start dropping balls at the start of the game, it's over for them, in my opinion, um, where 
the Roosters just don't make mistakes like that. But again, if we go into the game, the show next week and the Rabbitohs have won, I'm not going to be shocked either. It's yeah. it's a flip of the coin match, um, <clears throat> as cliche as that sounds. Um, but yeah, I think either one, whoever wins, will will be dangerous. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Ah, oh, Saturday. There was there was no early game, was there? <laughs> unfortunately, there was, mate. And unfortunately, it was the Warriors twenty six going down to the Titans twenty seven. Five tries to four in the Warriors' favor, actually, in that department. So Jesse Arthurs, Josh Curran, Dylan Watini Zelesniak, Josh Curran with a second, and Viliami Valer for the Titans. AJ Brimson, Bo Furmore, Jaden Campbell, and former Warrior Paulie Turner. 20 to 6 at halftime. Brad, I think we looked good for a big period of this game. Um, almost felt like we had an unattainable lead with 10 minutes to go. Um, but as we so often see with the Warriors, it's no uh, such thing. E- even 14 point leads with 10 minutes to go are not safe, are they? No, I, we talked about it. We were talking quite a lot through the game. Um, I was there, obviously. Um, they started well. We're, we'll we'll start with the positives. We don't want to be all doom and gloom. Um, yeah. I thought Reese Walsh had one of his better games in some time. He was creating heaps of scoring opportunities, yeah. and the Warriors took them with both hands. The forwards <clears> looked good. Curran was back to his best. Um, Villami Villia um, had a good night. A great solo try where he kind yeah. of just, disappeared and made um tanner boyd tackle david feeder um and it looked like they were going to run away with it um but around the 60 minute mark coincidentally around the same time reese walsh went off injured they kind of fell off um they couldn't tackle even when they were in the lead they missed 52 tackles um and they just left the door wide open for the titans to waltz so it was a disappointing way for the warriors to end the season but are we really surprised with um, how it's been and arguably their worst season ever? Um, yeah, and I've got on here Titans, full credit for them staying in the fight. Um, they haven't got the best record at Mount Smart, um, but after Jaden Campbell scored, I think I talked to you about it before we went live, um, when he scored that try in the 73rd minute, you kind of saw the Warriors go, oh, no, and the Titans, you know, all stand up straight and get a second wind. And that's how it felt. Like, after that try, it was just all one-way traffic. The Titans, you just knew they were going to get the win at that point. Um, Mm. Tanner Boyd was great um, for them. He was really doing well in the halves. Campbell and AJ Brimson are just dangerous in open space. And um, the Titans won't be happy with how the season's gone, but ending it with a win's a bonus. And I think they'll be looking forward to hitting the ground running next year with a better spine. Um, which should make them more formidable. And I see uh, Jacko mentioned in there, Valia's got the potential to be a real strike center. Yeah, I yep. think he's got all the talent in the world and being completely facetious, it most likely means he'll be at another club probably halfway through next year, knowing what the Warriors do. Don't say that. Um, but yeah, he's definitely a kid. Like I, We're going to talk about it when we get to your question to me a little bit later. Mm-hmm. But um, as bad as this year's been, I think the time in first grade for guys like him is probably going to be beneficial for the Warriors moving forward. You know, Mm. they got through some rough patches here, have learned some harsh lessons, and 
if Andrew Webster can come in and do something with Justin Morgan, he, he still wants to work at the Warriors. He can cut oranges for halftime, I guess. I don't know. But get him away from teaching these kids how to tackle because um, if the Warriors don't improve their defense, it doesn't matter what they do. Um, they they won't do any better next year until they mm. learn how to tackle. Um, as they say, defense wins championships. But, um, yeah, they just need to learn how to tackle. It, it's beyond yeah. a joke now. Um, it, it makes me upset. Yeah. No, no, I agree. But and I also you're, you're... thought, I also thought that, you know, fourteen point lead. There were a couple moments that that swung this one. Freddie Lussick's penalty for a silly push in the play of the ball. Um, they score off the back of that, and that started the whole rot. And then we saw AFB give away a penalty in the 79th, 78th, 79th minute um, for a high tackle on Jaden Campbell, I believe. I didn't like the lying down for the penalty, um, but then we saw Matt Lodge do that early in the year against Canberra, and we said nothing. Yeah, so, it was um, karma. It was karma for what we did to the Raiders. Karma. And, and yeah. The, yeah, and then AFB and, and Golden Point threw an Silly offload. Silly offload, yeah. Which was nobody. never on. Yeah. So with architects have our own demise, um, it's been that way a lot this season, so should we leave it I at must, that? Yeah, <laughs> before we move on, though, sorry, Jacko said something that actually resonates with me. He said it was a nothing game, entertaining, but who cares? I kind of felt that. When the game was over and the Warriors had lost, I was like, ah, shit, you know. But then I, I came to the realisation that the season was done, um, we could move on, and I kind of left the game not as upset as I normally am when I'm leaving. A game I did have the worries. I, I've got to write a review about this when I get home, mm. which I'm not looking forward to. Um, but yeah, it was kind of a the season's done, we can scratch it out, move on. Um, so yeah, it was entertaining yeah. at least, but yeah, it, I would have preferred a win, it, yeah, exactly. And that's it, it was entertaining, it didn't mean anything, but a loss like that still pisses you off, let's be honest. Um, yeah, yeah, let's move on. Brad's other favourite team, <laughs> yeah. Dragons, ending the Broncos' final hopes. So hey, there you go. They're not they're not your favourite team, but at least they did something good. Um, four tries to uh, twenty two to twelve was the final score. Four tries to two for the Dragons. Jack Bird, Matthew Fingai, and one of his tries was um, amazing. One of the one of the great tries of twenty twenty two. Cody Ramsey got the other try. For the Broncos, DeLuise Huerta and Billy Walters. Um, yeah, best part of this game for me was the the Red V ending the drag, the Bulldogs, the Broncos rather, ending their season for good. Yeah. Sorry, Broncos we, fans. <laughs> we talked about it. We talked about it last week. The Broncos weren't going to make the eight anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they would have wanted to get a win to at least make it look like they were going to have a shot. But their horror run continued. It was another shocking display. Um, it's well, We did talk about it earlier, but it's hard to believe this side was top four not that long ago. Um, Patrick Carrigan returned, and he looked good in his return, but um, this team just looked like their heart wasn't in it. Um, and they just wanted the season over. Um, and Nick, Nicholas asked a question about it. We'll, We'll keep that for the actual question segment. So I'll wait around for that, Nicholas. Um, but yeah, Tamara Martin's injury was, wasn't pretty, but thankfully he's okay. 
um this kind of goes in with nicholas's question but i've put in here there's plenty of rumors about the broncos camp not gelling and it's hard to argue with what you see here i don't know what they can do to fix it um straight away but they've got great players in their squad so they're another team that if they can sort things out they can they could be uh, a threat and um jacko said they peaked too early and ran out energy yeah, yeah i think they true. peaked too early believed their hype and just thought everything would be easy um but yeah, now we get to the horrible part of the show where I have to talk nice things about the Dragons. But um, they looked really good. And once again, Ben Hunt played a massive part in it. He kicked a sixth 40-20 for the year. Um, and um, he was pinpoint with the boot all night and just had a field day against his old club. Um, I'm sure the Dragons' contract offer towards him is going to be a little bit sweeter now. Um, and as you said earlier, uh, Matthew, how do you say his last name? Figo? Figal? Figai? You know, it's, yeah. yeah, it's a, I always get it wrong. Matty it's a funny F. one, mate. Just saying real F. fast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he was hard to stop and um, it was just a good performance from all the Dragons, really. I don't mm. know if they're going to become a top eight side next year, but they're at least building into a handy footy side. And like Jacko said, the Dragons are nothing without Hunt. If, um, if we hear news that Ben Hunt's leaving, scratch them. They're done. Um, but yeah, you if said, he's in there. You said, you said that at the start of this year, though. Scratch them, they're done. And I was right. Are they playing finals, Richie? They're not last place. They're not last place, but that's true. But if you're not, you know, if you're not first, you're last, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a good performance for them, and I think they have got the bones of a good team there. Um, as yeah. much as I love to to hate them, I still don't <laughs> understand why I do. They're the team I picked this year to hate. Um, I'll probably have a new team to hate next year. Uh, keep things interesting. But, yeah, um, disappointing for the Broncos, and um, I'm sure they're they're very glad the season's over now. Yeah. The worst thing for the Dragons is they, they're not going to have the chance to go out on the large for Mad Monday. So watch team morale um, plummet next year. Cowboys beat. Panthers 38 to 8, albeit uh, a reserve Panthers team. Yeah. They rested pretty much most of their squad, to be fair. Uh, well, seven tries to two. Murray Taolangi, Valentine Holmes with a hat trick. Scotty Drinkwater, Hamaso Tabuai Fado, and Reese Robson getting the tries for the Cowboys. Uh, and for the Panthers was Robert Jennings and and Taruva, the young Fijian outside back, um, who looks a really good prospect. Uh, but yeah, the the um, depleted Panther side didn't really have a lot to offer up. The, the Cowboys did what you probably expect them to do against uh, the second string side, Brad. Yeah, I don't have much to say here. Um, said, yeah, they got an easy win against Panthers B side. Valentine yeah. Holmes. Had an early mm. night, but he made a huge impact before he went off. Um, decent performance from everyone. Um, I would be worried if the errors continue to stay in double digits, but I think you can kind of brush it off in this one because they were a bit more relaxed against soft competition. Mm. Um, I feel like they'll be more switched on when they're actually playing um, competitive sides. Um, they're, st they're still smoking the final series, but I think regardless of what happens, if they end up getting eliminated this week or not um or they won't get eliminated will they no they're still no if they lose this week or not um i think they'll be proud of how far they've got 
Um, they'll pick for many um, as the spoon. Uh, thankfully, neither of us picked them as our spoon contender. Um, but yeah, I think this surprised all of us with how they've gone. And the Panthers, nothing really to say. They kept the score lower than I thought they would, um, but they never had a chance in this match. Um, but at least a few of the fringe players got a run around. Yeah, yeah. Same as you, mate. Uh, like, that game was pretty much what I expected. Um, if the Cowboys hadn't have done that against the Panthers lineup that they named, you'd you'd be a bit worried for the Cowboys, but they did what they should have done. Yeah. Um, so moving on to Sunday, we had the Sharks getting up over the Knights, 38-16, to 16, was seven tries to three. Brighton Nakura, future warrior Luke Metcalf with a runaway try, a length of the field effort. Uh, Brighton Nakora grabbed another two, actually, so he had a hat-trick. Uh, Ronaldo Mulatalo, Jesse Ramian, and Lockie Miller rounding out the tries for the Sharks. Three tries for the Knights, Tex Hoy, and a double for Dom Young. Um, yeah. was pretty close at halftime, 12 all, but then the Sharks pulling away after halftime, Brad. Yeah, um, I didn't really have much to say in this one either. Um, it was close first half, but Sharks ran away. I've got on here about Metcalf scoring a great length of the field try. Mm. Um, good to finally see him get another game of first grade after being yeah. shunned for most of the year. Um, Nakora, I've got his back to his best, scoring a well-deserved hat-trick. Wasn't their best first half, but they made up for it in the second. Hines continued to drip the side well, and they're in prime position to make a run in the finals. Another surprise team like the Cowboys that should be proud of the year. Um, Knights, they did better than I expected, but you just knew they wouldn't stay in the race for the whole match. Dom Young scored a double and has been one of the better performers for the Knights this year, I think. Mm. Um, they just um, struggle to get points right now, and I don't see this getting fixed next year unless Ponga finds his form and stays healthy. And um, they, like so many other teams, will be happy the season's over. And yeah, Jacko said Metcalf's got real pace and quick off the mark as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was quick as a hiccup, as I like to say. Um, that ball just was there for him. He snatched it up and was gone, um, which I'd kind of seen highlights in the lower grades of him mm. doing the same thing, but it is a different level. Um, I guess you could kind of say this is against the Knights as well, so you can kind of say it's not that level either. But yeah, it was great. And yeah. Um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing what he can do as a warrior. Yeah, yeah, that try made me made me feel all warm and fuzzy. That one, I I, I smiled pretty hard at that. Yeah, started imagining him wearing our colours, doing that. Uh, fingers crossed. Uh, the last game of the round, the Raiders uh, <laughs> over the Tigers, fifty six to ten, um, nine tries to two. Uh, Matt Timuko, Sebastian Chris, Nick Kotrick, Jordan Rapana, Hudson Young, Xavier Savage, Jamal Fogarty, Hudson Young, and Josh Papali. Two tries to the Tigers, both both t- within 10 minutes after halftime. Dane Laurie and Big Ken Malmalo, but this was, yeah, nightmare game for the Tigers, Brad. Another one. Um, this one was done and dusted early, and... and Half time, you sort of thought it could have, it could be anything. <laughs> so the Tigers managed to peg back a couple in the second, in the, early in the second half. But yeah, still, yeah, big, big, big loss. Yeah, you see, fifty six ten, and then if you told people that both teams scored only two tries in the second half, 
Yeah. You'd be like, really? Um, it was that that damaging. Um, but yeah, Raiders already had the top eight spot locked in, but they didn't play like it because they put on a dominant display here. Like they were fighting for a spot. As we said, it was over at halftime. I've got Joe Tapani, Hudson Young, Josh Papali'i were damaging up front, and the backs just had a field day. Um, <laughs> Jacko said the Tigers made the Warriors game look good. Yeah, um, I'm very thing. I would rather mm. lose by one point in golden point than if we got smashed, um, like we ended last season as Warriors fans. But um, Jamal Fogarty for the Raiders, he was great too. They built some steam up, and they're getting um, – Getting a match against the Storm this week. Spoilers for our, our previews. But um, I think Melbourne will be worried, you know, especially yeah. considering the Raiders form at um, Amy Park in recent years. Um, this could be a game that sees Melbourne potentially out of the finals in the first week if the Raiders can build on what they've done here. Um, it's just great to see them play positive football, and I do want to see them go deep into the finals. I just like how they're playing right now. Um, and Tigers, <laughs> I've got nothing here. I just go, what can he say? And what could be the last NRL game it played at Leichhardt? This is not how they would have wanted it to end. Um, it was hard to watch. The team's a mess, and the offseason couldn't come quick enough. Um, they got so much work to do. Coruscant and Papalili should help, but they're not going to be a magic fix by any means. No. No, they're not. Um, yeah. It's, it's, it's bad for the Tigers. You don't often see Raiders... 50 plus on teams i struggle to think of the last time they would have done that but they don't tend to put teams away by massive margins they're a grindy sort of team the past few years um that's what makes it worse for the tigers um i think that's the second year in a row they've they've gone out to end a year really poorly i think last year was the dogs that pumped them um and that's the dogs at their worst so Needless to say, something needs to change there in Tigers land, but that was the round. Yeah, awesome. So we'll go into our tipping comp and the final results for the regular season, if I can figure out how to put this on screen properly. Oh, yeah. I hope you guys can see that. Um, So Richie won the round. He got six out of eight. Uh, I got five out of eight, and Simon trying his best to get past everybody. Um, he had a few few games go against him, and he got three out of eight. So um, it sees me come out as a champion of the regular season. Um, you know, well done, recovering, well done. recovering from losing to you in the regular season last year, Richie. So um, I end with 133 out of out of 192. Richie, you stay in second place out of 131 out of 192. And Simon takes third place, 127 out of 192. So it's still really close. Um, yeah. It looked like I was going to run away with it like um, like a Raider. But um, you guys stuck in there with me for a bit. So well done, everyone. It, it starts afresh this week. Um, the finals we do differently. Um, so, yeah, let's see who wins that one. Um, hopefully I can go back to back. But um, I don't even know if we should bring it up, but I can bring up the ladder. Um, we had no change for the top eight, and the only change is the Titans went up to 13th. Knights and Warriors went down to 14th and 15th. So any takes there, Richie, on the ladder before we move on? Yeah, just that it was a um, a big win for the Eels on the weekend because that put them in the four. So, oh, yeah, true. That was the only change. Yeah. They went to the top four and the Storm dropped out. 
that could yeah. have that could have massive ramifications. I mean, now the now the Eels have an extra life. They'll fancy themselves against the Panthers because they've already shown their hand this year and what they can do against the top teams. So, but even if they lose it, they, they'll still get another bite at the cherry. So, I think they'll go out um, with that feeling of not a lot to lose this weekend. Could give it a good shake. Yeah, and that makes them dangerous for the, for yeah. the Panthers too. So, yeah. Interesting times, and um, the last time we get to look at the ladder this year. So um, goodbye, ladder, and hopefully it looks better for Warriors fans next year. <laughs> yeah. And before we go, I'm just getting the other picture ready. Yay, I know what I'm doing. Um, so we'll go to the questions. Um, while I'm finding Nicholas's question, Jacko um, said he rates both Metcalf and Volks as top future first graders. Yeah. Um, I agree with him there. I, I think... I, in the ideal situation, that is the Warriors starting halves, you know, not next year, but, you know, next the year after or possibly the year after that. Um, but, yeah, that's who I see. But what's your take on that, Richie? Why I find Nicholas's question? Yeah, it's hard to argue. I mean, obviously, Vox is highly touted. And Metcalf, we know what he can do. He just needs opportunity. Um, yeah. And with Sean Johnson not getting any younger, it's – it could happen. It could yeah. happen. I think, yeah, it's it's not a matter of it will uh, will it happen, it'll be when it happens. Um, I mm. think that is the that is the, the dream that the Warriors have given both of these players when they sign them. Going, mm. you know, I don't think they were silly enough to say you're gonna walk in and be a, a starting half at the Warriors, but they're saying like this is where we want you to be. Um this, you know, it's gonna be up to you to get there. So, um, yeah, fingers crossed on that. But Nicholas's question for us was, what do you guys think has caused the dysfunction at Brisbane over the past month? They had such a great season before that. Um, it's hard to say. They have had a bit of chopping, chopping and changing their lineup. I think uh, Paddy Carrigan getting suspended for his hip drop for a few weeks, that was a bit of a hammer blow because, as we saw in Origin, he's, he – he wasn't far off probably picking up the the man of the series. Did it, who got man of the series? Did he get it? If he didn't get it, he was he would have been pretty close. Um, I, can, I can't honestly was, remember. Was it, Ponga? was it Ponga? I can't remember, but he was one of Queensland's best. Um, prior to him being suspended, he'd been one of the Broncos' best for the, for the first half of the season. Um, and maybe I think you're right, Brad. Maybe they started believing a bit of the hype because there was a lot of hype around them sitting in the top four. Um, probably they probably got a bit dizzy up there, you know, having not been up there for a, a number of years. And a lot of those players wouldn't have known what it felt like. Kerrigan did win it. He did win it, didn't he? Yeah, he got man of the series. Yeah. So there you go. He's probably the Broncos' best player. Um, or most influential forward um, as an all-round player. You know, I know Payne Haas is a meter eater, but um, in terms of all-round performance and and um, influence on the team, I think Paddy Carrigan's probably probably takes the top spot there for the Broncos. So they would have missed him big time. Um, but yeah, yeah it would have been it would have been a number of things. I think. Yeah, I think it was a huge – Kerrigan was obviously a, a big impact, him being out. I think the contract dramas around Payne Haas probably had an effect on the team yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, I also have a feeling that 
no disrespect to Kiwi, well, I kind of put Kiwi Walters and Bluey McLennan together with their emotional coaches and they get players up for the games by like spurring them on and not being as technical. Yeah. And I think that's very hard as an NRL coach to do over so many weeks, which is why we saw Bluey sit there for a cup of tea before he got sacked. But um, I feel like week in, week out footy, you can't just keep relying on getting your guys up emotionally every week. Mm. I'm not there. I can't say that for truth. It's just how he comes across to me. Um, and, you know, I know we talked like apparently there were rumours people weren't happy that he was yelling at them and stuff and all that drama. So I don't know. It seems like some players really um, are engaged with how he coaches and others don't seem to click. And I think mm. if he is your guy, you start weeding out the ones that don't click with him. Um mm. But yeah, and Jacko's congratulating me on my comparison between Blue and Walters. Yeah, I think they're very similar. It's no disrespect for them as coaches. No. Um, you know, but it takes a certain type, I think, to be, you know, able to get the best out of your team week in, week out. And who's to say that it doesn't all magically work for Brisbane mm. next year? Um, it's just, yeah, I think a huge spot of issues that had at the same time, um, well, um... I think derailed them tyson gamble almost confirmed that didn't he in that podcast where, yeah. he, where he, he said that kevy walters can get you up for a game he's he can you know get you g you up for the match but anything technically they go you to, go to Ad, adam, adam reynolds. reynolds yeah yeah which um yeah which isn't always going to work but if as long as there's not a power struggle, I guess. Mm. Like, I'm not saying that there's a power struggle between Walters and Reynolds or anything, but if they both know their lane and know what their strengths are to help the team get better, that mm. type of thing could work. <clears throat> I don't know. But, yeah, um, I don't really want to throw stones in the glass house as a Warriors fan with how my team has been going. So I think they all come right. They just need to figure out whatever cause the hiccup and iron that out and then they'll be back to normal i guess but um yeah thank you for that question that i just fumbled my way through um we'll go with your question to me first yep you bet so with the warriors season now finished what's been your biggest disappointment for 2022 and what's been the most positive takeaway from 2022 from a warriors perspective I want to make a joke and say the most disappointment was that it actually happened and my best positive takeaway is that it's over. Yeah. But um, I've got on here, my biggest disappointment, um, besides not making the finals, I think it was a tie between Chanel Harris-Tavita deciding to hang up the boots and leave and the defensive effort all year. I think those are my biggest disappointments. Um, Chanel, I still, you know, I, I put my big claim that Chanel will return to the Warriors and Roger will return to the Warriors after the World Cup. Those are my you know, big statements that I'm making. Um, but, yeah, I really think there's still a lot of footy in Chanel, but I credit him for not bullshitting everyone and trying to get a big payday when his heart's not in it. He's like, no, I just want to leave. And if I want to play league again, I'll come back. So, mm. But that was a big disappointment because I'm a big fan of him. And, yeah, defensively, horrible. My positive takeaway, I've got two. Um, again, the experienced young players like Valer and Ali got this year. You know, it mm. wasn't great, but they got to play um, and learn, uh, learn on the job, as you say. And Kosi's redemption. 
Um, I know Ruin Hammer, I think, have got Kosi on probably right now because we're going late. Um, they got him on their show tonight. So um, I think he's done really well. I was savage on him um, after that Storm game, but he's really bounced back. Um, and yeah, so that's a positive spin out of it. It's We could have seen a young guy completely give up and never play again, um, but he's got better and there's still a lot of work to do but he's at least shown that he's got the ability to improve. Um, so, yeah, that's it. Do you have any? The disappointments were um, – there were plenty of them, mate. <laughs> Obviously, yeah, like you said, um, Chanel Harris-DeVita, um, the old bust-up between um, the alpha males, uh, Robinson and, and Lodge, and, and the fallout that happened there. Um Reese Walsh, uh, there've been plenty. Even though I've moved past that now, and we, we seem to have come out of that that one okay. Um, the defense, just in general, the, the the way we kind of limped through the season, picking up a win here and there, and winding up with what was it, five or six? Six, six. So just more than enough to count on one hand. Out of yeah. the twenty-five game season, um, my positives are like you, some of the rook, some of the rookies, uh, Viliami Valer, uh, he looks a big prospect. Love the way Tom Ale looked the past couple games. He's looked, he looks to have that that mongrel about him, that that aggression. That I know that's the kind of stuff you love. I love to yeah. see it too. Um, the positives for me are coming next year. I think. <laughs> hopefully with with you know a bit of a rebuild so yeah yeah all right and um my question for you um it's uh, it was a doozy to throw on you and i'm sorry but no, it, you're um, right. with, with 15 players leaving the warriors this year we're going to see a new look side next year what would be your game 17 your game day 17 if you had to pick a side right mm. now okay i'll give you what i wrote down right now it could change. It could change. Yeah. This was just so, what I. This is very first thought. First thoughts I had in my head. Um, anyone watching, you may, you probably will disagree. So, um, disclaimer: I don't. I only somewhat know what I'm talking about. You know, we couch potatoes that like to watch to get this game. And the more beers, the more beers I have during the game, the more wild my ideas get. But what I wrote down was fullback. Chance Nickel Clockstad. Wingers, Montoya and Dallin Watenez Lesniak. Centers, I really want to see Viliami Valer get a get a start to the season and get some consistent game time. So he's one center. Dylan Walker, my other center. My halves, Tamari Martin and Sean Johnson. My front row, Fanua Blake, Tohu Harris, Wade Egan. My edge second rows, Barnett and Nia Corey. My 13, Josh Curran. Bench, Jazz Tavanga, Bunty R4, Aaron Penne, Ben Murdoch, Masilla. It's not bad. And um, yeah, I, like, I, like I could I could go Tom Ale, I could go Metcalf somewhere in there. You know, it's that's just on the bench, but that's just what I put like from first impressions. 
Yeah, and um, I've picked one too. It's a little bit different, but kind of the same. And I, in my season preview that I write next year, I pick my 17 based on what I've seen in preseason and whatnot. And I am probably pretty confident that this team I've picked now won't be the team I picked then. So I've got, I've also got Chance at fullback. I've actually got Dallin and Cossi on my wings. In my centers, I've got Valia and Montoya. Um, my halves are the same as yours, Tamara Martin and Sean Johnson. My front row is also the same as yours, AFB, Egan, and Tohu. My second row is the same as yours, uh, Barnett and Nuakore, uh, and Curran is my lock. And then on my bench, I've got Dylan Walker as my 14, uh, Bunty, my man, Ben Murdoch Masilla, and Jazz. Um, but yeah, it, as Jacko said, um, he's he doesn't mind your one. He he commented before I finished mine. Um, but it's gonna it all comes down to what Webster sees as well. Webster might see a guy like um, you know Dylan Walker and go, he's still got it. He's going to be a center, or mm-hmm. he might even go, hell, we're going to throw him in the five eight. We really don't know. I really hope he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I I don't think that will. I'm just putting it out there. And we yeah, it all comes down to what they say. In the in the final or in preseason, there's um just don't know. there's so many different possible combos, mate. And to be fair, if I saw the backline you named, uh, if, if that's the backline they were to roll out, I'd be equally happy with that. To be fair, yeah, and there'll be heaps of chop and change. You know, we might see Metcalf in there as well. Uh, Volkman mm-hmm. might be included. There's so many. Um, but yeah, that good questions we may as well we're we're running super late this is what happened when paul lets us um have the keys without him here but um we'll go into finals week one they've got a nice little pretty picture for us with um with dylan brown there but 84 games which means we probably only have a two-hour show next week reviewing them all um simon early on gave me the picks so i've got his picks and um i just need yours so first up on friday we have panthers versus eels Simon and myself have both backed the Panthers here. Yeah, so did I, mate. I think surely this has got to be the time where a top team topples the Eels. Yeah, I, I'm i surprised the Eels have beaten the Panthers twice. I don't know if they can go three. Um, yeah, yeah. Third time lucky for the Panthers. Yeah. Next game, we've got Storm and Raiders. I've gone with Storm and Simon's gone with Raiders. This was... And to be honest, most of these games were really flip of the coins for me. Um, I could easily see the Raiders get the job done. Um, yeah, it is. I'm just, it's home ground advantage edging it for me. Although you did rightly point out the Raiders don't mind playing there, but yeah. I'm going, I'm going to go Storm. Storm as well. Um, I really, I'm pulling for you, Simon. This is one I don't me, mind getting wrong. Me, to you. me I, too. I would love to see the Raiders win that one. Yeah. Next up on Saturday, we had the Sharks Cowboys. Uh, Simon and myself have both gone with the Sharks. Um, flip of the coin, I went with home home advantage. Yeah, yeah, I did too. Uh, but that game is going to be something else. Uh, so you gone yeah, Sharks as well? I went home ground advantage. <laughs> and then the last game, probably going to be the game of the round for me, um, Roosters Rabbits. Simon and myself have both gone with the Roosters. Yo, I'm I'm going to go for a revenge. I, I'll I'll tip Rabbitohs then. I, I, Rabbitohs, you're picking Roosters, against the team that you predicted. I know, I know. Roosters got them this week, and yeah, I don't know. Something tells me a bit of revenge on the horizon. Could be completely wrong. Yeah. 
So um, Jacko thinks the Cowboys have overachieved in folding finals. Yeah, I'm not going to say overachieved. I guess you could say overachieved. I think they've already hit their peak, um, which mm. is probably another reason why I've gone with the Sharks. Um, but, yeah, looking here, we've got two games that we all agreed on, which was Panthers beating the Eels and the Sharks beating the Cowboys. You and I both backed Storm to Simon's Raiders, and then me and Simon both backed the Roosters to your Rabbits. So, um, yeah. Interesting there. So we'll definitely have someone in the lead. Um, none of us have actually picked exactly the same. So that's mm. at least a bonus. Um, so before we sign off, I know we've gone super long, but that's what happens when daddy's not here, you know. So um, we'll go into Super League quickly before we go because they've also had their final round and are moving into playoffs. So St. Helens, who finished first, and Wigan, who finished second, secured their spots in the semifinals with Uddersfield third, Catalans fourth, Leeds fifth, and Salford sixth, all going into the elimination final spots. Toulouse, as we've already talked about, will be relegated. And I believe Lee will return, but I couldn't find any news confirming that. I assume the fact that they've lost one game in the, the lower grade, that they'll be the ones that come back up to the mm. spot that they got relegated from before. Um, I know the, the big guy in charge of Lee said not only if they were in Super League, would they become competitive? He said they'd be a top four side. So some big talks coming out of Lee. Um, but yeah, the results, um, no big surprises. Uddersfield defeated Wakefield 16-14. Wigan, um, this is probably the only surprise of the round. Yeah. They wiped the floor with Catalans 48-4. Um, Hull KR defeated Hull FC 36-4. Leeds defeated Castleford 14-8. Warrington defeated Salford 32-14. to I guess that could be an upset. A team in the top six got beaten by a team that didn't make it. Um, and then St. Helens defeated Toulouse 36-16, to um, which means we've only got two games to talk about next week. Um, the elimination round, which is Catalans versus Leeds versus Uddersfield versus Salford. Um, the winner of those games will go up to face against Wigan and St. Helens. And then the winner of those goes straight into the grand final. So they quick and sharp over there. Um, mm. And yeah, Jacko says cheers. Cheers for being with us, Jacko. And Simon also said the competition championship have their playoffs starting next week. They have to play in the playoffs and then they have a grand final. Yeah. Um, and then the winner of the grand final gets promoted, right? And the championship have to play the last round before the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I still think Lee, they've had one loss this year. So I feel like they're going to go all the way. Yeah. Um, but anything else you want to add before we go, Richie? Thanks, everyone, for tuning in and having a good chat as always. Always good fun and well done in the driver's seat tonight, Brad. Professional as always. Yeah. Thank you. And I think it's going to be enjoyable having to not discuss the Warriors games next week, as yeah. bad as that sounds. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Um, Nothing else really to add. Um, we do have, we're going to join Ruin Hammer next Thursday. They're doing a, a Warriors end of year review and they've asked us to jump on. So if you guys watch Ruin Hammer as well, um, I think it's nine o'clock New Zealand time um, next Thursday. Um, check us out there. We'll probably remind everyone again next week on Wednesday when we're back here. But uh, until then, uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in and joining us on the standoff with Brad and Richie. For your weekly update on Rugby League, tune into our show next week at 8pm here on Facebook or at your convenience on iHeartRadio. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Cheers again for joining me, Richie, and good night, everyone. Cheers. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tools tulips for just 9.99 each with prime round out mom's menu with festive rosé irresistible berry chantilly cake and more special treats come celebrate mother's day at whole foods market